Are you wanting more Totally Mackinac Island podcast? Well, here's how you can get it. Be sure to follow Totally Mackinac Island podcast on Instagram. Not only do I share everything that I talk about on the podcast, but then throughout the rest of the week, I share other invaluable information that is actually going on on the island at that very moment. How that is done, up in my Instagram stories. I also like to share a bunch of pictures and videos that I have taken throughout my visit on the island. Another great way for more information about the podcast is always go to the blog. There I have all the links available for everything I have discussed. That is www.totallymackinaw.com. If you go on there, you will find everything I have ever discussed on the podcast, how you need to link up to it, and what other information you can have. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have learned so much. I love sharing all that I can with you. It has actually even helped me learn more about the island. And I always appreciate those reaching out to give me more information to share with everyone else. Now back to the show. Located on the crystal blue waters of Lake Huron lies Mackinac Island. She is tucked in between Michigan's upper and lower peninsulas. Indulge me as I share all the ins and outs of the place that stole my heart. This is totally Mackinac Island. Hello everyone, Heather here. I hope we all are doing well. Cannot believe that we are already in mid-December and it goes so fast, I swear. Remember growing up, Christmas could not come fast enough and it felt like it took forever and now you just kind of want it to slow down. I also need to apologize if you hear my animals. For some reason, my dog Phoebe, yes, Phoebe Buffet from Friends, uh, she is super needy today. So she was scratching at the door and then my cats, it's just, it's insanity here. So if you hear them, I apologize. Um, in advance. All right, this week is a fun subject that I'm going to be discussing with you. It's a little bit of history, and I don't know if any of you guys are into history like I am. Um, growing up, I've always been fascinated by it. In fact, one of my favorite places to go besides Mackinac is Washington, D.C. If you guys have never had a chance to go there, highly encourage it. I was fortunate enough a few years ago, there was a big hair show that I went to there, went there a few days ahead of time, and you still can't even see half of what you want to when you go there, but it is an amazing place to go and experience and almost taste the history of so much out there. And again, I just I just dabbled in it. So with going to Mackinac over the years and doing different things, there's so much history on this island and just in research and visiting the island, um, I have found out a lot and... One of the things that I found out was randomly through a tour that I took called The Haunts of Mackinac. And uh, I, was, I was first introduced to this several years ago with my niece and my nephew. And they were with me on a visit. And I wanted them to experience something that I had never experienced. So we booked it. And our tour guide was, uh, so um, so in the summertime, he did that and worked on the fort. And then in um, off season, he was a school teacher. So... My niece and nephew were very much into like ghost hunter shows. Uh, I, I enjoyed watching that too. 
And so we decided to embark on this guided tour. And it is a walking tour that takes you on an entertaining and informative tour, giving you nightly, there are group rates and um, pet-friendly tours, and seven and under are free. Their website is under construction right now, so they don't really have much more listed at this point, but you can follow them on all social media um, platforms to see when they're gonna have dates available. Um, so you meet in the common area by Kilwins, um, located in uh, where the bicycle inn is, and there's a almost a ticket booth looking place that has Hansa Mackinac in there. And um, so what you could do is, uh, since I went this year and it had been a while, um, I I don't remember if this happened back when we did it the first time, but with this time, when you register to do this. Which, to be perfectly honest, I think they fill up, especially during peak season. You get your ticket, and then you can save it in your phone, in your wallet, which I do that in my iPhone. I don't, I don't know if an Android, I'm guessing you can do the same thing. So, so that way, you're all registered. So then you go um, to the website, and you'll see the time. And they'll also tell you that when you sign up for the class. And I believe it started at 830 and it was an hour to maybe an hour and a half. So when you start it, especially in the summer, it's still light out, um, but it's it, then it ventures into being dark. And that that was kind of unique too, uh, to see it as it went into the darkness, all right? And I'm sorry for not remembering all the specifics. That's why I tried to get on there to remember some of it. And sadly, because their website is down, I couldn't do that. But once you get on there, they'll have it up and running once season starts. So I would highly recommend checking it out, all right? So the first tour, we started downtown, and um, there were spots that we would stop and learn all the different tales, um, taking us down Main Street, uh, eventually in, ending up by Mission Point. And so that was the end, and then we rounded back down around and headed back downtown, all right? So this year, again, we started downtown, but we ended up heading up, Hoban Street, and then down Market Street, going into, um, winding in behind the buildings along in there. Uh, we heard a few of the same things I had heard uh, before, but it was just a little bit different. And, and then once we got, we actually went up into Marquette Park and heard a little bit more history about Marquette Park. Now, mind you, this is a, supposed to be a ghost tour, but I found a lot more of the history in it. Um, and this, when I say ghost tour, they're, they're just saying that people have experienced some things with it. And um, so that's why they call it that. I really found with each, the second time that I was enjoying learning the history with it. That's how I found out about um, that it's kind of, you know, with the burial, the amount of burial grounds that are up there that when they have to do, and I mentioned this before, uh, when a new home is built, they have to make sure um, excavating is done, to, that there's no bones there, because the whole island is kind of a burial ground, which, again, kind of is mind-blowing if you think about it. There's this island that's off, you know, the coast of Michigan, and so much history happened on this little island that there's so many other islands, but the fact that so much happened here is so interesting to me, all right? Maybe it might not be to some people. I find it fascinating, all right? So um, as I learned about the, you know, island, it was so fun to sit there and take it all in. I admire the people that do, that are the tour guides, okay? Because 
You have to be very charismatic and comfortable speaking in front of a group of at least 30 people. And you have to be able to kind of interact because some crowds, they might not interact back. I don't know if you've experienced that. It's a comfort level. And so I was very impressed with both times that I've went that they have done this and they really try to include you. And at first you might start off kind of stiff. The group might kind of start out stiff, but then you can tell that they're loosening up. And I really do feel it goes by the tour guides. So I applaud the Haunts of Mackinac for the um, tour guides that they've hired with that. Also remember that tips, huge, huge thing for these people. They work, you know, hard and this is something that's not easy. You know, speaking in front of people is one of the hardest things to do. I think it's the number one fear for people, number one or number two. All right. So with that being said, this, uh, this was the second time I heard this tale and I was really intrigued by it. So that's where I'm going to take you from the ghost tour into the history that I learned that I hope you will find fascinating and look into it yourself. This is where I take you into introducing you to, and please, I have Googled this on how to pronounce it. I wish I spoke French. Every New Year's, I say I'm going to learn how to speak French, like find a program to take and do it. And I have yet to do it. Maybe this will be the time to do it. I don't even know why I make that my New Year's resolution. If anybody has any suggestions of a good one to take, please let me know because I love French. I love the music. I love the way it sounds. I think it's a beautiful language. So with that being said, the woman that I'm going to introduce you to today has a very French name and I don't want to butcher it. I have Googled how to pronounce it and I am just going to say it this one time. I will write about it in Instagram and on my blog, and then you can look it up yourselves. I'm going to call her Madame because it's easier for me, and I don't want to disrespect and play it, say it wrong, all right? Madame Magdalene Laframboise. Her affiliation goes in with Harborview Inn. I fell in love with the story for so many reasons. This woman became one of the most successful fur traders of her time. Yes, a female. Born in 1780, she was of Ottawa and French descent. In what is now Niles, Michigan, she was the youngest of seven mixed-race children. Sent to Montreal to be educated in French-language schools, sadly the finances, they weren't available for her to remain there, so she moved back to Mackinac. Madame married Joseph La Framboise in 1794 and had their first child, Josette, in 1795 and later a son, Joseph, in 1805. Madame and her husband, Joseph, developed a fur trade in the Grand River Valley of West Michigan, where they established many trading posts. Every fall, they would take their trade goods for business with Ottawa from Mackinac Island down to the Grand River area. They built another post into what is now Fallsburg, Michigan. This was the first permanent mercantile building in the West Michigan area. Every spring, they would return to Mackinac for season's trading. After Joseph was murdered in 1806, Madame took over the fur trade. You guys, this was huge because for a female to do this, first of all, for a female to take over a business at that time was huge. But then to take over a fur trading business, that was mostly all men, okay? She continued to manage several posts and expanded her business throughout Michigan's Lower Peninsula. She also raised her children and sent them to Montreal for education in French schools. 
Fur trading was extremely lucrative and someone could earn up to $1,000 per year. It, that was a lot at that time. And she was so successful, she earned 5000 to 10000 a year. All right? Mackinac, before it became known as the fudge and tourism capital, it was a prominent fur trading island. I have found this out by doing this tour, by taking the carriage tours. It is known for that at the time, all right? And um, so Madame had quite the competition with John Jacob Astor's fur company. Does that name sound familiar? Because I believe his descendant was one of the guys that was on the Titanic, remember, in the movie Titanic? He was, you know, his wife was expecting, but they were hiding it, and he died. He was like a billionaire. This wasn't him. I think it was his descendant because uh, he would have been really old, but he wasn't at that time. Anyway, I've gone off track. Sorry. Um, so... By 1818, she became a, an affiliate of his and uh, of his company, and then she finally sold it to him in 1822 to his American Fur Company. So by this time, she was 41 years old, quite wealthy, and she retired to her stately home on Mackinac Island. Her son, her son-in-law, Captain Benjamin Pierce, oversaw the construction of the home. All right. After retiring. Madame taught herself to read and write in French and English. So when I read this, I was kind of confused because I was thinking, how did they keep track of everything? So she must have had other people that did this. This is just where my mind goes, like bookkeeping and different things like that. Now, man, do I know this is the 1800s, but the fact that she didn't even do that until after she had like kind of retired is another astounding fact about her. All right. Uh, she supported the first Catholic school for Native American children on the island. In her devotion to St. Anne's Church, she also taught catechism to the parish's children. Her activism and work with education secured her respected place in Mackinac society. Then the church leaders decided to move St. Anne's Church. Madame donated the land next to her home as site for the building. All she asked is to be buried beneath the altar of St. Anne's after her death. Okay, so... When you're coming in on the ferry, if you're not familiar with which church is St. Anne's Church, you can't miss it. It's the big church that when you're coming in on the ferry, all right? And that used to be, I found this out on the ghost tour, actually used to be on Hoban Street, kind of right next to where um, the village in um, restaurant is, okay? So they... <laughs> And I don't know if this church was as big as it is now. I can't imagine it was. But whether or not it was, they moved that church down there next to her house. All right? All right. Um, so during the um, 1830s and 1840s, it is said that Madame entertained many prominent visitors to the island. Sadly, she died on April 4th, 1848. Honoring her request, she was buried beneath the altar of St. Anne's. In the 1960s, the basement was renovated for the activity center. The reins of her daughter, along with her granddaughter, were relocated and interred in St. Anne's Churchyard. In the 21st century, St. Anne's Church constructed a crypt in the church for interment and prayer. It honored Madame by retiring her and her family's remains in the crypt. Some of her descendants attended the ceremony. So, what was once her home is now Harbor View Inn. And it has been renovated along with other buildings added on the site. Guests can experience what it was like to be her by staying in the elegant Chateau, Chateau La Framboise. Excuse me. 
Um, Harborview is home to the largest lilac of its kind in Michigan. And Harborview is another one I have not yet stayed at. I look forward to staying there at some point, but there are several buildings that are located there with it. In fact, they just had quite a few, um, they still might have these going on, I think, until a certain date for some specials that were offered on Cyber Monday. Um, and I think what's great about it is it's kind of tucked a little bit back, but then some of them are a little bit more forward. I just found it so fascinating that this church was tied into that hotel and it all went back to the history of it. But another thing, the fact that this female did this back at this time is just remarkable. And I loved hearing and learning all about it. And I just wanted to share a little bit about it with you guys. There's so much history on the island that I just keep finding out about that I can't wait to share with all of you guys. And this was one of the first of many tales to come with it. All right, guys. So next week, I have an exciting podcast already scheduled and done. And I can't wait to share with you. So I look forward to talking to you again about our favorite place, Mackinac Island. Have a good one.